0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. We'll begin at verse number 30, and uh, just read down through verse, verse 34, 35. Luke chapter number 10. Got your Bibles? Open them with us. Word of God being more important than anything else or anyone else. Uh, So have a Bible if you don't. And if you do, let's open it up. Luke chapter number 10. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way, the, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Bow with us. Father, thank you for your word. We pray earnestly for the unction, the liberty, to give to this fellowship, God, what you've given to us. Help us to be faithful, God, to every word. And I pray for the help, God, to share it. We pray now that you'd open it to our hearts as we open our hearts to it and help us to respond, God, properly. For we ask it believing in Jesus' name, amen. I'll set the stage this morning, the victim In this particular story, we don't know who he was. Jesus was obviously uh, addressing the lawyer's question that had said to him, who is my neighbor? And Jesus quickly responded with this story, a parable, an analogy, or maybe it was true, it doesn't really say. What it says is Jesus answered him and said, a certain man. Now that leads me to believe that it could be a true story. When he says a certain man, it could be in every way true. Uh, I believe there certainly is something for us today as we look at what it was the Lord had shared with him. Uh, My heart's a bit heavy about this one because I can see uh, in my own life the failures. But uh, we see as we set the stage today that this was a victim. He was a man who we assume was a Jew, Jesus leads us in his inference to to assume that this man was Jewish. He was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. And uh, that obviously was a way that many a priest went. Many of the priests, Levites and others, lived in those suburbs that were around Jerusalem. And so to go from Jerusalem to Jericho was a well-worn path. It was a road that was often traveled by many. Now, this man, what we know about him, though we don't know his name nor do we know exactly uh, who he was, what we do know is that he fell among thieves. And they stole what he had. They stripped him and left him, for the most part, I'm assuming, naked in the ditch. They had wounded him. I'm also making an assumption that he was bleeding, uh, though it only says he was wounded but then it says that they left him half dead. Now, to be half dead, I, I'm I'm expecting that somebody's in pretty bad shape. Uh, they were probably a lot of cuts and bruises and and uh, all kinds of different things that needed medical attention. And this poor man wasn't able to do it himself. Uh, he was in a in a helpless state where he was half dead, half alive, and left laying in a ditch without. Uh, anything to help him. Now when you think about what had happened to the victim then uh, obviously probably at least in our hearts there's a bit of compassion for him. We think to him well that could have been me. It could have been me that was stripped of thieves and left half dead in a ditch wounded. It could have been me that uh, had just ventured out on my own and was just trying to make it home and 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 fell into the the hard place where the evil of the world is upon you. It could have been me. Could have been you. And in that thought, we are driven, at least in our hearts, for most people to have compassion on this man, have compassion on the victim, and we think to ourselves, "What does he need? Well, he needs some help. He needs somebody that will help him." Well, if I had to, if I had to come up with a perfect plan, Greg, what I would say to you is. Uh, Maybe a good preacher will come down the road, right? We can we can count on the preacher to stop and help somebody that's in trouble. Uh, the preacher, the the man of God, the man who who stands and and gives the word of God every Sunday or every uh, Saturday, then at the at the at the temple of God, surely that man, the the priest or the the preacher, would be the one that I would want to uh, fill in next in this story. Why? Because I'm going to put an expectation on that man to stop. I'm going to expect that he is going to care and be compassionate about this soul and that he's going to hit the brakes. And he's going to see the situation and that he's going to give himself in that situation to do something to help. And what we find is that's exactly where Jesus goes with the story. It's the very first man that we're introduced to. It's the man of God. It's the priest. It's the preacher. It's the one who has uh, been set up within the community and within the church to be the one trustworthy. The one who truly should exhibit compassion and generosity and love and care. And concern for another human being, and yet when Jesus ascends uh, the preacher down his way uh, the Bible said he did not stop. He didn't even hit the brakes. I was sitting in the, uh, the the sanctuary at Macedonia yesterday, and one of those men were preaching, and my soul was so full of so many different things, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, "You better start hitting the brakes." You better start stopping and paying attention to those that I bring your way. You better start paying attention to those That are hurting around you You better hit the brakes I don't care how busy you are I don't care what you have to do I don't care what your agenda is It does not matter to the Holy Ghost of God When there are souls that are in jeopardy And souls that are in danger Friend it ought to be you and I That are the ones that we hit the brakes We're the ones that are willing to stop We're the ones that are willing to say Somebody has to intervene here, somebody has to give them themselves to help somebody has to be willing uh, to stop and to interrupt their day yes I understand uh, that it might interrupt your plans I understand that it might be uh, something that sets your day upside down it certainly did this man uh, the Samaritan when he uh, made a commitment to stop and help this man brother it cost him a day it cost him the next day it cost him some money it cost him his all and white. it cost him his effort and friend you and I today are no different there are people all around us that need our help and we have got to hit the brakes we've got to stop we've got to stop so many things in our lives friend tie us down to what we believe are agendas that are not alterable May I say to you today, that is simply not the truth. There is nothing in my life that I should not be able to stop and provide compassion for another human being. There shouldn't be anything that I do, anywhere that I am going, anything that I am involved with that would supersede of the sovereignty and the providence of Almighty God to place in my path someone that was hurting, someone that was broken, someone that needed some good news, someone that needed to know about Jesus Christ. Christ listen he spoke to my heart yesterday and I received it and I repented of it and it helped me but I want you to know today he made it clear that this is a message a friend that needs to go out to the body of Christ today it's time we hit the brakes it's time we started stopping it's time we began to get involved it's time we began to give ourselves to be the answer and not the problem Only one amen. Thank you. But it hurts, don't it? Because every one of us are busy. Every one of us has got more than we've ever had to do before, and that's the enemy's plan, number one he wants us to be too busy he wants us to be too concerned about the things of this world which quite honestly don't really matter that much Uh, especially when you weigh it in eternity it doesn't really matter there are people that are in trouble all around us there are people that you meet every day there are people that we often see them and yet we go on the other side of the road so it doesn't slow us down because we have so much to do we have so many plans we have so many ideas we have so many things going on in our life and yet what the Holy Ghost said was you need to start stopping you need to start hitting the brakes when you see a need and you need to intersect uh, their need with your faithful and, and compassionate will you need to be a part of the solution we are the people of God today and if anybody should be expected to help in the time of need shouldn't it be us today shouldn't it be the preacher Shouldn't it be the preacher that you could count on? Shouldn't it be the man of God that you could count on to have a word that he could share with a broken soul shouldn't it be the man of God that you could count on to stop when there is an emergency to give himself in the time of need uh, to lay aside everything else that is, a, that is a part of your plans or my plans and to put himself as a part of God's solution for someone that is hurting listen there will always be the poor there will always be the needy there will always be the hurting but when God God puts them in your path, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep going by them or are you going to hit the brakes and are you going to stop and start doing something for Christ that is at a meaningful level, a life-changing level? Someone has to show compassion in order for the world to be helped. In this story, you would expect the very one to come along would be the preacher. Because he'll stop, surely he'll stop. Not this one, not this priest. The Bible said that when he saw what was going on, he seen the man half dead in the ditch. He just went on. In my mind, I see him speeding his steps up a little bit, trying to make sure he goes on past him and nobody sees him see him. And think that he's uncompassionate. Now listen every one of us have a responsibility here but there are some of us that have more of a responsibility and there is an expectation that compassion ought to come from you and I I'm not talking about something that is manufactured out of your duty I am talking about something that is a regard to Christ and his glory something that says he is worthy of his reward Christ deserves every reward that is coming to him and every opportunity that I have amen to be be a part of uh, the solution and not the problem to be someone that shows the compassion and the love of Jesus Christ I need to stop and interject myself until God is done with me so that he might get the glory and the reward uh, that he's due Amen. we will always have those that are in need there are people lost around us that are in need there are people that are struggling. There are people certainly that have emergencies and circumstances as what we've read about this morning. Those occur. And sometimes you're in a position where you can give help. The first person we would expect or that we would want to show up in a situation like this, sir, surely it would be the preacher. But what Jesus is saying is a lot of times you can't depend on the preacher You can't depend on the preacher to stop. Now, I don't know who needs to wear the shoe. I've put it on. I've took it off. I've put it on again. But I can tell you this, we need to hit the brakes. That was the word that the Holy Spirit kept touching my heart with all day. I woke up in the middle of the night, and it's all that my mind could see was hit the brakes Now, I don't know what this means exactly, but I can tell you what I think it means in part. There is opportunities that we have as the people of God, and we have to get involved in those opportunities. Will it cost you? Yes. Yes. Will it? Will you have to give up something? Yes. Will you have to sacrifice part of your day? Will you have to change your agenda? Will you have to reschedule? Will you have to tell somebody, "I can't do that today. I'm sorry." How many times have we walked by something because we had something more important that we thought needed to be done? Now, this is good maintenance for us as a church today because I can tell you we ain't a church unless we are reaching into the hurting's homes and trying to help. In the time of need listen if I find anything that Jesus did what he did do was stop at every opportunity to have compassion well if the preacher ain't going to do it who will well let's see if the church people will the Levites the children of Levi were appointed to be the keepers of God's house they were appointed as the religious people they were even paid by the other 11 tribes to be the people that was responsible for the church and to take care of the religious duties and to take care of the sacrifices and to take care of lighting the lamps and all of these other things that had to go on. Listen, if 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 what we would expect, well, the preacher's busy. He ain't got time for that. Uh, well, maybe somebody within the church membership uh, will have compassion. Now, that's who I would expect, or who I'd want coming next. Listen, if I, I get it, maybe the preacher can't stop. Maybe he's got something more important to do. I say that tongue in cheek. He's got something more to do. Let me tell you, then I want some of them good people from New Providence to show up next. I want them to come by because I know they'll help me. They'll be the ones that'll get involved. They'll be the ones that'll get in the ditch. They'll be the ones that'll get bloody trying to pour in oil and wine and to bind up my wounds. They'll be the ones that'll give to help my circumstances and to share the good news with me. Surely the church. Church people will hit the brakes. What the Bible does say about the Levite was that he went over to look and then he quickly went back to the other side and kept on going. Now, Jesus wasn't specifically saying that Luke chapter number 10 verses 30 through 35 was an indictment on our church. That's not what the lesson was about. Ultimately, what you've always heard this lesson be about was the third man, the Samaritan, right? He wasn't a Jew. He was not the one they would have expected to help a Jew. He was not the one they would have expected to provide any kind of help or support or compassion or love and yet what Jesus does in this story is he said that the church didn't help, the preacher didn't help and yet here comes a stranger and he got in the ditch and helped and then he asked the lawyer at the end of the thing, he said now who do you think was this man's neighbor? And he said well I guess the one that helped him. He said you rightly discerned that. the one that helped him, the one that got in the ditch. Now, the challenge for you and I today is why wasn't it the first two? Uh, Why was Jesus' story about a man that was a stranger, a man that was maybe unaffiliated or unassociated with the community, maybe somebody that was uh, completely detached from everything going on, and yet here we find a Samaritan who was the enemy of the Jews, looked upon this man, probably recognized him as a Jew, and still hit the brakes. The message today is not about the third man, it's about the first two. Why wasn't the preacher and the church willing to stop? Now, here's where we all have to put ourselves into the story. Here's where all of us as a church, I realize this is this is hard to swallow today, but let me tell you something, we need it. Every one of us need it. We need a reminder that our responsibility in this world, amen, is not necessarily to keep up with everything that's going on at our jobs or to take care of everything that is going on in our world and everything that involves our family, amen, it'll drive you mad, all the different things that everybody has to do. I realize that today devil's trying his best how to keep everybody tied up tied down and going for all the wrong reasons and he's doing a pretty good job at it but what i'm telling you today is that what the world should be able to expect is that the people of god will stop when there's a need they'll interject themselves and have compassion in the time when compassion is needed and many of us have went by opportunities and we never said a word because in our minds we say to ourselves, that could take 30 minutes and I've got to be so and so and I've got to be doing this and I've got to be on this call or I'm going to have to be there and, and I don't have time to stop. Let me tell you something, time ain't ever been anything you controlled to begin with. And if time is your issue, God knows how to fix circumstances like that to where time is no longer your issue. I think we ought to be a little more careful with those things that God does in our lives, and a little more discerning, so that when somebody crosses our path and we see them, Brother Lenny, and they're hurting, and we know that they need some help, I ought to be the first one. You ought to be the first one that raises our hand up and say, "Yes, I want to." In the name of Jesus, I want to inter- involve myself. I want to help them. I want to do something that will intervene in their life. You say, preacher, I don't want no trouble. I don't want to get mixed up in stuff like that. I don't want to be involved with somebody else's problems. I've got enough problems on my own. Well, excuse me, God never gave me that part of the test. He never told me when he saved me that was optional. What he did say was I was to love my fellow man as I love myself. And brother, if you walk by your neighbor and he's in a ditch, you'd sinned against God today. And we need to wake up and do something different. We need to start hitting the brakes. When we see those times in our lives, when opportunities, now yes, it's going to cost you some time and it's going to cost you may cost you money, cost you effort, cost you something of an, it you'll have to sacrifice, no question about it. But I ain't ever seen real compassion that didn't involve sacrifice at the front end. I've not seen real love that didn't involve surrender and sacrifice when it had to be given. Listen, real love is sacrifice. Real love is a willingness to involve myself and to be a part of the solution and not the problem. Listen, if I had to write this story and you say, preacher, give me a story about somebody that fell victim to this world and found themselves hopeless and incapable of of helping themselves. Write me a story about how it ought to work out fine for that young man. And I'd write you the story and say, well, I believe you can count on the preachers. They'll stop, they'll help him. But was that what Jesus said? No. He said, no, the preacher didn't have time for him. He didn't even hit the brakes. He went right on by the opportunity of the need that was at hand. He went right on by didn't care what about you today what about the Levite what about the church members well if the preacher can't stop today surely the good people of the church will be the next uh, to fill in that story and to provide the need but God gave us this parable to remind us that if we're not careful he has to depend on a stranger to provide hope can he do it yeah Yeah, he can do that. God can do that. Where's the church? There'll be an expectation that the good lovers of God, they're the first ones we expect would be stopping, involving themselves. They might have to change their plans. They probably will. But the question is, why don't we want to stop? What's wrong with the heart? To where when it looks on a fellow man in need and you don't, we don't have compassion on them, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with you and me if we look upon a situation and say, I don't have time today to stop and witness to old so-and-so I don't have time today. I'm not going to involve myself in their life. I'm going to wait till he sobers up. I'm going to wait till he gets out of the ditch. I'm going to wait until somehow or another I can meet him under better circumstances. Since when do you make up the rules of the stories? If they're in your path, Should we not assume that God sovereignly has put them there because he can trust us with the compassion needed to help them? Jesus had one prayer request in the Bible. struck me when I realized that Jesus only made one prayer request. He said, pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers into the field. Why? Because the field is white, ready to be harvested. Opportunities are at everybody's door. Nobody's exempt from this, by the way. Nobody's exempt from this. Every one of us are guilty of this. Every one of us have this in our camp as sin right now where we have walked by knowing that we should stop. And we did not. Now, some of you are probably better than others. Some of you haven't given it a second thought and you'll leave here today and won't give it another. But for the rest of us, we better wake up. And what the Holy Ghost kept telling me, even when he woke me up in the middle of the night, he said, hit the brakes. You better Stop you better stop. The Next time I have somebody in your path, you better stop and you better do everything you can to help them know me. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs. He started with the preacher and he went right on into to all the church people. And he said the expectation at the very minimum is that the church people, the people of God ought to be the ones expected to be compassionate, when there's a need. Come and get a song. There's probably a need for all of us to pray this morning. Maybe we should. But let me challenge us with this thought. You can be a hearer of the word and still leave in sin because you're unwilling to do it. I appreciate what God has done over the last few days, at least in me, every, every message. Seven, seven messages just drilled my soul. And I loved every bit of it and thank him for it. But what the Holy Ghost spoke to me yesterday morning was clear. It's time to hit the brakes. We've got to stop. I don't, know what you, I don't know what your agenda is or what your plan is. I, I, and honestly, I don't know anybody more busy than I am. But we've all got to stop. We're going to have to hit the brakes. I don't know I don't know what it means, don't know what it's gonna cost. But that ain't the point, right? Because really it don't matter. If I've got anything to give, it came from God. If I have anything tomorrow to share, it'll come from God. But what I do know is that I am supposed to not just love God. I am supposed to love my neighbor. He might be a different color. He might claim to be something he ain't. Like a girl when he's really a boy. That's disturbing, ain't it? We sure don't want to stop and help those people. Wrong. Right? See, that's where we get in this mess. That's how we get in this whole cycle of thinking, well... Somebody else better equipped than me to handle this. What the Bible said was that we're to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and he said you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we can claim we love God, but if you don't love your neighbor, you lie about that God thing. If you don't really love your neighbor, you're lying about loving God because the Bible said that if you do love God, he said you will love your neighbor. That's what he said. First John, read it. You hate your brother. He said, you hate God. You lie about all that loving God stuff. You're lying. And I don't know what it'll take for each one of us to wake up and recognize that we have a responsibility in this world right now. And that responsibility is not hedged in with, with, with the contents of our, our family or our assets. No. When it comes to God, whoever he brings down your path, is who's next. And there ought to be an expectation that the Lord could have of you and me and you that whenever he sends somebody or puts me in the path of somebody that I am trustworthy enough to stop and do whatever I can do. Now ultimately, God's got to do the heavy lifting. But you can at least stop. For heaven's sake, we at least hit the brakes, Paul. Hit the brakes. Let's see if we can help. Let's find out if there's something that we can do. Let's find out that maybe maybe there's a way that the church could be a help and that somehow or another a poor soul finds out that there was compassion at this this church over on Six Mile Road. Somebody cared for them when they didn't have to. Somebody hit the brakes when they could have went on. This is where we live today. This is real Christianity. Right? That, that, that whole business about, about, about just living in the aquarium. Right? Not all you good saints that, that are in the aquarium. Right? We, we, just, we just live in the bowl. We just live in the aquarium. And we're having a great time. We're just in all our little old world. And yet what God is saying, go out, go out, go out, find them. I'll put them in your path, but I'm depending on you to do something when you see them. I'm depending on you to have a word. I'm depending on you to have a hand. I'm depending on you to have a bandage. Have something that you can help with so that, that his name is is presented and exalted, and that His love is shown. We have a responsibility. This isn't optional. We love God. He said, "You're going to love. You got to love one another." And to love one another, it's going to cost us. Steve knows what we're talking about. It's going to cost you, right? Maybe you got to go help at karma every Wednesday night and help feed hungry people that come off the streets. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I know this. I know this at the very least. When they're in my path, we better hit the brakes. Because it's my turn. It's my job, not somebody else's. I need not depend on the Samaritan to do what he has called me to do. And you can't either. As children of God today, we got work to do. You want to pray, join me. I'm going to pray. But we need to pray that we are willing vessels, that can be used for the glory of God to the betterment of Christ and lift him up.